Chapter 1 Chase was late for dinner again. Marianne sat alone at their artfully set dining room table. The cheerful arrangement of white tulips at its center did nothing to lift her spirits, nor did the delicious aroma of prime rib wafting in from her designer kitchen. She had turned the oven off twenty minutes ago, hoping that the special meal would stay warm and not dry out, while she waited for her workaholic husband to get home for dinner. She picked up her cell phone. Where are you? she texted. She stood up and reached for a bottle of Pinot, pulled off the cork and poured herself a generous glass. Chase hadn't responded, so maybe he was already in the car driving home. He always kept both hands on the steering wheel of the BMW, ten and two o'clock. He was an oddly cautious driver. She stared at the declining level of wine as she took long sips between checking her phone for a response that never came. He should be home by now, even if he hit rush hour traffic. She was struggling to keep her temper in check. This happened too often. She poured herself a second glass of Pinot, and eventually a third. What's your hurry? Shonda sat up on the bed in their junior suite at the Ramada Inn, wrapping the sheets around her torso in a feigned attempt at modesty. I've got to get going. I'm already late for that meeting I told you about. Chase shook out his slacks and pulled him over his socks. He never bothered to remove his socks. In the seven months that they had been secretly meeting, she had never seen his naked feet. Not only that, he never used the shower when they were together, either, claiming that he enjoyed the smell of her body on his skin. She watched him work his feet into his brown Italian loafers while pulling the partially buttoned pinstripe dress shirt over his head. I'll see you in the morning. Why don't you make a brunch reservation at that place you like? She frowned. For one or two? He ignored the question, struggling to put his braided belt through the loops, missing one on the side. He paused quickly in front of the mirror, shoving the sides of his too long brown hair behind his ears into place with his thumb and forefinger before grabbing his briefcase and heading toward the door. I'll see you tomorrow. Sweet dreams. He was gone. Shonda relaxed back onto the bed, letting the soft down pillow cradle her head. That's when she felt the vibration coming from under his pillow. He forgot his cell phone. She knew Chase would be back for it. He couldn't stand to be without it for a minute. Real estate brokers relied on their cell phones for everything. She reached under his pillow and pulled it out, holding it up to read the text message that was flashing up, despite the phone being locked and on silent mode. Ugh, it's her. I'm so done with you, she read from the gray bubble. Don't bother to come home. I wish, Shonda sighed. You'll never let him go, Marianne. You've got the best part of him. At least you could be a bit more generous with your leftovers. 
She thought about texting something back, something like, You're a selfish bitch, but thought better of it. She opened the nightstand drawer and dropped the phone next to a pristine copy of the Gideon Bible. Have a productive meeting, Chase. I'll be here when you get back, waiting for you, like always. She crawled out of bed and surveyed her naked body in the dresser mirror as she walked over to retrieve the TV remote control from where the maids left it under the screen. Despite being a few years over the ideal age for a mistress, she was in great shape, no doubt about that. She walked back to the bed, covered herself up to her chin with the comforter, and flipped through the TV channels for a diversion. It was the dinner hour, so there wasn't much on except old gun smoke reruns and game shows. She didn't want to invest in a pay-per-view selection, so she settled on American Ninja Warriors, a show that pitted athletes and personal trainers against impossible physical obstacles. She fancied herself a ninja warrior of a different kind, sneaking around with another woman's husband, a willing partner in this exciting game of deceit. But that was as far as she would let her imagination go, as Shonda was a practical woman. She knew Chase had no intention of leaving his wife and kids, at least not yet. She would have to be content with the attention she could steal away until the right opportunity would come along. She would wait as long as necessary. She knew all about Marianne, Chase's beautiful and sophisticated wife, a Phi Beta Kappa no less. She occasionally saw Marianne shopping at Whole Foods. She could tell Chase's wife was a good cook by the gourmet ingredients that filled her shopping cart. Marianne was a tall, lean blonde, able to wear her Lululemon athleisure ensembles with the confidence of someone who worked out regularly and kept her BMI below 10%. Sometimes those adorable twins would be with her, playfully begging for treats and chasing each other down the aisles. They were blonde like their mother, but had Chase's crystal blue eyes. Shonda mused what it would be like to live Marianne's privileged life, married to a handsome, successful businessman, living in that huge house in the Tony suburb of Sacramento, dropping her children off at the club for their weekly tennis lessons. Their lives couldn't be more different. Shonda's meth-addicted single mother was murdered by her live-in boyfriend when Shonda was only four years old. Her grandparents took her in and did their best as surrogate parents, but Shonda had already developed the stubborn independence of a neglected child who had long before learned not to rely on anyone for guidance or protection. She constantly rebelled against her grandparents' well-meaning but old-fashioned child-rearing, so by the time she reached her teens, her exhausted grandparents relinquished control. She was on her own and needed a job— which is how she met her ex-husband Larry, who hired her on the spot as a server at the Shangri-La Cafe. That was 20 years ago, and she never left. She was only 37 when she found Larry's body slumped over the corner booth, still clutching a wet bar rag in his hand. After Larry passed, she felt that she owed it to him to try to keep the restaurant going, and hired a line cook to take over the kitchen, while she waitressed and tried to manage the books. 
She wished she had paid more attention in math class. She first met Chase at the Shangri-La. He was a regular customer who stopped in for a late lunch or a slice of banana cream pie and coffee. On slow shifts, he would invite her to join him at his table, and she would stare dreamily into his eyes while he shared the intimate details of his life. She was mildly flattered by the attention at first, but it didn't take long before she started meeting Chase for drinks after work. She told herself the relationship was harmless. They were just casual friends out for a few laughs. Until that time when Chase's wife took the kids out of town to visit her parents for the weekend. Shonda found herself blushing at the reservation clerk as they checked into the Ramada Inn that first time as Mr. and Mrs. Chase Howard. They were regulars now. Shonda flipped on her stomach buried her face in the pillow and willed herself to be satisfied with her relationship with Chase for another day. He had a wife and two kids waiting for him at home, but he loved her, not Marianne. He would always make time for her. He wanted to leave his wife, but that would damage his reputation, which would be bad for business. He asked her to wait until the twins were older and Marianne went back to her career. It would be easier then. She didn't want to be selfish about it. Marianne was such a demanding bitch. Poor Chase was under so much pressure. 